Daniel Spain, to whom you were introduced in last week's episode, is back. This time, you get to learn all about Dan the Man and about one of his newest passions, timeline therapy. Grab a drink and sit down with us as we talk about his past, which, spoiler alert, includes a seven-year stint as a competitive gymnast and the plethora of healing arts he employs in helping others reconnect with themselves. Now, those of you who want to co-create and engage with me are invited to join my Thunder of Dragons family over at Patreon. You can visit patreon.com forward slash aprilific for more details. Well, thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Dawn Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Daniel Spain. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me. In this first segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. Mm. And this coffee house could be a tea house, it could be a pub, it could be a water bar, whatever it is that you're feeling today. So being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. What order do you give the barista? Oh my gosh. So that's really funny. Coffee is my favorite. And I actually used to drink some fancy drinks, but now I am just a black coffee kind of guy or a double espresso kind of guy. So today I think I will do a double espresso. Let me just ask, because uh, two of our prior guests, they asked for black coffee with cinnamon on top. Ooh. Do you drink your black coffee with cinnamon? So I have tried that. It's very good. And I, I know I used to put it on lattes when I used to drink a lot of lattes. I would put either cinnamon or chocolate on top. Mm. Yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> chocolate <laughs> Chocolate's makes good. everything better. <laughs> it does. Yes, I agree. Well, now that you have your refreshing beverage, let's dive right in. Sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing big and other times it can look like playing small. But in your spotlight moments, Daniel, have there been any claims to fame, times that our listeners may have seen you or your work? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, when I was younger, I was in something called the esteem team in elementary school, and we were on the news, and we got to perform at Pier 39. So that was, you know, when I was a kid. Let's see, I did work at the St. Regis San Francisco for 10 years inside the spa that they had there, where I was doing massage therapy, and I have my own business now. So I kind of am starting to build it up around the Bay Area where I live right now. Well, guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation, something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime. And the prior guest chose for you the word cruciferous. Oh, that's a good <laughs> word. I like that one. So you're probably already familiar with it, perhaps, but just to bring clarity, um, one definition is to bear a cross. Another is belonging to the family cruciferi, the mustard family of plants, which includes broccoli and cauliflower. 
Perfect. Okay. So you are tasked to try to somehow fit that into our conversation today. Oh. Now you also get to choose a word for the next, next guest to dance with. And it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or that resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? There is a word that my friend and I thought was so funny when we first learned it. I think it was somewhere in elementary school, but plethora, which is also means abundance. But I, you know, I like when people say you have a plethora of something. So yeah, I think it's kind of fun and I would like to hear it more often. Well, the website that you have up currently, is that the one that you're redoing? Yes, I'm redoing it just because I have so many new certifications that I received over the summer. So, and I'm trying to still figure how to put it all together, but also just kind of being open to allowing the designer, because I'm working with this really amazing designer who is telling me, hey, I think this would work better, or here's why this would work, and here's why this wouldn't work on this website. So she's very good about telling me things that I don't see from a design perspective. I'm kind of just open to whatever, so. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that the, the website that you have up now, I, I love it. I, I checked it out and spent some time on there this morning, and it just felt really comfortable. <laughs> Like, Thank you. Like you're you. going into someone's uh, living room and there's a candle lit. It just seems very inviting. And so I felt very comfortable just to check out different things on your website. And I learned stuff about nice. you that I was like, oh, I'm glad I looked at that because now <laughs> I can bring it up in our, our conversation today. Perfect. With all the new certifications and trainings that you've done, I imagine that would be a bit of a challenge to figure out how to bring all of that to the table as offerings and not have it being too overwhelming or confusing. So you, yeah, I think it's really cool that you're working with someone to try and make that as seamless as possible. Yes. And I love yeah. the name of your website, it's Dan the Healer. Yeah, I actually had a friend tell me, uh, why don't you just call yourself Dan the Healer? And I said, is that too hokey? I don't know <laughs> if it is. Or is that too, I don't know, like, what is a healer, you know? So, but it actually is kind of fun to, to play around with it. Like, yeah, I'm Dan the healer. Just what do you need? Come on in, you know, let's, let's talk about it. So yeah, it's kind of been a fun little name to play with, I guess I should say. So I can imagine that it, because of all the tools in your healing toolbox, it is fun. It keeps it interesting and it makes everything very flexible. So whenever someone comes to you, you have a lot of different things to offer them. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a really interesting past year trying to get everything back in order and trying to figure out where to go from here, you know? So, but it's been a, an amazing journey. It's been really fun. Something I love about the label that I have been thinking about and exploring is that, you know, a lot of people, when they hear the word healer, they automatically think, oh, you're gonna, 
uh, cure something for me. You're gonna, you're gonna do this. You are doing something to me. And it's actually every time I do a healing session, it's actually for me and I am the facilitator for the other person and I am on the journey with them. And it's a process. Healing is a process. It's something that takes a long time or a short amount of time, depending on what it is. Uh, but I always see it as I'm not doing something to them. I'm doing something with them on the journey with them. So that's kind of what a healer is to me, is that it's just the facilitator and we both are getting the healing. So it's it's really fun and I love that. <laughs> so that's that's why I love doing healing work and uh, I've been doing it for a long time and it's just something that always excites me and always is bringing me to the next level wherever I need to be. And I always learn something new. I always am surprised a lot of the time as well. Uh, so yeah, that, that kind of, it's just fun. <laughs> so people who are interested in how we first met, they can actually listen to the episode that I released April 19th and kind of get all about that and actually listen in on the session that we had together where you are in the role of the practitioner and I was in the role of the client and there was a lot of cool stuff that came through and I was like what better teaser or showcase of Daniel in this hypnotherapist role than for people to see him in action yeah so. <laughs> that's awesome I'm really excited for them to to hear that and just, I don't know, realize how talented you were in engaging and listening and, um, you know, asking the, the right questions. I thought it was really cool. So thank, thank you. you. I don't know if I actually have said that, but thank you for that session. It was very enlightening. Yeah. And thank you. I was kind of telling you before when... I received from you as well. I got so many amazing learnings and I can't wait to go back and listen to it because I've remembered some things, but there's some things that I probably have just forgotten or are not aware of anymore. But once I listen back, it'll kind of ring true again. So thank you as well. It was so, so fun. I, I loved it. <laughs> it. It was fun. That was only my second time facilitating hypnosis session. And you were like so enthusiastic about my role in this. And so it really was that encouragement because I was considering, is this for me? Is this not for me? And I don't know. I, I guess I'm, a, I'm offering it myself on my website now. So I guess you can tell. Oh my that. gosh. Good. No, I will just tell everyone that's listening that in my experience, in my session with April, I, I, okay, I remember a few things, but there's so many things that were happening. You were able to ask the right question at exactly the right time to guide me somewhere else where I needed to go. And I was so blown away. I literally was like shocked that you said, this is only my second time facilitating something because I thought you had been doing this for years 
and I have actually worked with people who have done hypnotherapy for years and they were not at the level that you were at. So it was just very, I was blown away. So I'm so excited that you put that on your website because I think people would get so much out of working with you. I know I did, so. Well, I think part of that I can contribute to the fact that I was so unsure of myself that grace of the universe and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just really going to offer myself <laughs> to the universe and let whatever flows through come through. And if I really screwed something up, then, you know, that's my sign that <laughs> just not do it again. <laughs> yeah, I, you were so enthusiastic about our session together that I asked you for a testimonial to put on my website. And I got the notification that there was one from you. And so I started reading it. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> oh, that's right, Daniel. But then as we got further on, I'm like, oh my gosh, Daniel, no one's going to believe this. <laughs> they're going oh to well, be positive this was a paid testimony. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, if you, you should just try and work with April and see what happens. I mean, it's just amazing. You, and you wrote your own script, didn't you? I use it all the time, actually. I love the description that you wrote. I love the imagery that your writing gives to my unconscious mind or whatever. And it just flows so beautifully into the session that needs to happen. So yeah. yeah. That that in itself was a gift as well because Courtney for the Level Up Workshop, she had put it out there that if anyone wanted to channel an induction script, try it. And so I sat down and you know just asked my soul to do just that. And so that's what yeah. came through. And uh, I think it's so cool that not only is it meant for me because I got something out of it. I love roses, but it seems to have gained a life bigger than that and its ripple effects are spreading. So Definitely. I think that's really cool. Yeah, because I mean, I've even gotten feedback. Wow, I really liked that induction. And I said, great, I know the writer. I'm, you know, <laughs> I know her. She's great. <laughs> yeah, so it's really fun. I love it. Courtney is offering another Level Up workshop. And in her, her little promos for it on social media, she's saying anyone can do this. And I think that's so true because as I was listening to my session with you, it was all about attitude and that there are people with a lot of wisdom and head knowledge about how things should be done, but that one of the best things I could bring to the table with the universe was my attitude because even with a lot of head knowledge, if you don't have the right attitude, then it's not going to take you very far. And Absolutely. so anyone can do this. And I just think it's so beautiful of an experience to experience that firsthand being able to be used to help other people. Absolutely. Yes. I, and I'll tell you, I worked with a number of different people from all backgrounds, from all levels of where they were. I mean, some were super beginners, some were, I've been doing 
hypnotherapy for 37 years, you know, whatever it was, but all these backgrounds. And I had such a powerful experience, no matter who I was working with. So Mm -hmm. that was the really amazing thing too, is that you're kind of paired with the exact person that you need to be with that day, which is so, that's something else that I love about that, that you kind of just trust what's going to happen. And you, you know, there was never a time where I said, I just said, if I'm meant to work with this person, it's going to happen whenever it needs to happen. And sure enough, it would be like, I would see their face and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about what's going to happen right now. So yeah, that's another thing I love about that work. Even in sessions where there's not like angels singing and all that stuff, it seems on one level kind of like a letdown. Whenever you're going through other sessions, you realize that you needed that foundation. Like that established something that you were able to build on in the next session with, with the, either with the same practitioner or a different one. So none of it, even whether it was bells and whistles or a little more more quiet, they all have their purpose. It's all exactly what it's meant to be. So you're, you're spot on, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, the fun part about it, where I had so many experiences like that. Like I would come back into the room and someone would be like, oh, I had this like beautiful dragon that I was flying on. And I was like, I was just standing in a field looking at a mountain, blah, blah, blah. But then later it was like, oh my God, that mountain actually represented the strength that I have in this aspect of my life or whatever it was. It was just so powerful. And then you're right. It's kind of that foundation taking you to the next level. I love it. So one of our colleagues in the Soul Empowering Hypnosis Workshop is Michelle, Michelle I. Revis. And listeners can go back and listen to my interview with her, but she offered a numerology course. So I participated in that. It's really neat. So you're the first person that I've run the numerology numbers on. Yay, perfect. (laughs) And what I thought was really cool is that your life path number is a number eight. Oh, okay. Number eight. When I had been going through the course, they said that people with a number eight are often athletes or they're athletic. It didn't kick in until I I ran your numbers and then I'm like eight, eight. And I was reading the description. I'm like, I think I remember seeing a picture of you running a race or a marathon or something. So I get the idea that you are physically active. And then I saw on your website that a lot of your massage therapy and things are sports related, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So actually I was a competitive gymnast when I was seven years old and I did that for seven years. So, okay. How did that not make its way into the, I know, I know, (laughs) I know. So, well, it's really interesting that you said that I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So yeah, I, I did competitive gymnastics and I did that until I was 14. And basically how I got out of gymnastics was I went through this huge growth spurt in one summer that all of the training that my body had done was kind of thrown out of whack. And it was 
going to take a long time for me to get back to the level that I was at. And so I just decided to stop. And it was so devastating at the time because I had all of my gymnastics family that I had spent so much time with. So anyway, so yeah, I did that. But then I also stayed kind of active. And now I just love swimming. I love to go out in nature and hike and all of that stuff. And I recently just started working working out again to get back to kind of doing tumbling things again, just because I think it would be so much fun to be able to do that again. So that's really interesting. I love that. The persona, it's called the powerhouse. And so you bring a lot of energy as an eight to, to life. And because the symbol of the eight, you never have to lift your pencil off the paper to write it. It kind of feeds itself. It's self-generating and self-sustaining. You just have that energy flow. Yeah, it, the themes with the eight are connecting heaven and earth, coordination and balance, which you're saying gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining a balance theme here. <laughs> Generating power, prosperity, and wealth. So wow. I was looking at the rest of your numbers. You know, you have the life path, which is the eight, but then you also have the essence number, which is a six your persona number, which is a nine, and your gifts and talents number, which is a three. And the three, six, and nine, they are all in the emotion triad. So if I had to have guessed by looking at these numbers only, I would say that you were a very passionate person. You bring a lot of enthusiasm and energy. I felt like that that was really confirmed Uh, by just knowing a little bit I do of you. There's fun and energy infused in all of your, my interactions with you at least. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. That's so interesting to hear back. And I will say that Michelle was one person that I never got to work with directly, but she actually watched one of the sessions And she had given me the number six, I believe, at some point. Mm. Um, And so that's really interesting to hear back, too. Yeah, Um, that's your your essence number is the six. Okay, yeah. That's really neat. And I will say that if, you know, you talk to any of my friends or family members, I'm always really upbeat. I'm full of energy. Sometimes I feel like I have a little too much energy for people, but I just can't help not sharing in the joy of what I think life is. So we should all be having a good time. And a lot of times I need that reminder because especially building my business right now, I've kind of gone into serious mode and going to the other extreme of, oh gosh, I have to get this right. And this needs to happen. And this needs to happen. Let me line everything up. And, you know, I just want to remind people that it's actually kind of fun to be here too. So we should embrace that. For sure. And that leads so beautifully into what I was going to say next. Uh, You have four, the number four, pretty prominent in your numbers as well. You have a four as your destiny number and your heart's desire number. And four is called the organizer. 
and (laughs) yeah so some of the gifts would be disciplined honest practical organized it's very much about logic and reason and problem solving Mm. um but on the flip side of that i mean some of the warnings for the four is that sometimes that can be too serious i think at least as i've seen you you manifest a lot of those higher expressions of the four but what that tells me is that because you are so practical things are going to happen four is part of the manifesting triad so it's part of making things become a reality and so you definitely have that skill set in place to to give birth to things out into the world yeah. And what I loved about that is how Michelle described it is that the four, if you're imagining it kind of as an open, the top of the four is open. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a lightning rod. You're taking all of this information from the ethers, from, from source, from the this, this spiritual realm, and you are grounding it down into practical usable uh humanitarian ways like to the people so you're connecting heaven and earth in that way when i saw here that the theme of the number four is grounding i had just listened to our session together in which when i was facilitating and you were the client over and over again, grounding how the trees, the message from the trees came in that you needed to ground and that sometimes you were so much in your head that you needed to ground. And so I just thought that the imagery there of grounding with the trees and the number four, how Michelle had described it, it all fit together so beautifully. So yes. Oh my God. And you are so right. It's me trying to find this balance of because I do have so much energy and I do have a lot of espresso a lot lot of the time (laughs) um, because I just get oh I have so much to get done today but it's when I do ground and connect and connect to source and am able to just be in the moment I notice I do get a lot more clarity I get a lot more messages or ideas that come in for me to be able to say, hey, this is actually something that I could offer people. And I really am excited about it now. So yeah, thank you for that reminder too of, yeah, going, just connecting with nature. It's it's one of the most, one of my most favorite things to do, you know? either out in the trees or at the beach, especially. I love the beach, the ocean, um, all of those places. So part of the numerology blueprint is we also learned to do the arrows of Pythagoras. And basically that takes your birth, the numbers from your birth date and puts them into a grid. And it's kind of like tic-tac-toe. If you have all of one column, Yes. Filled in or all of one column is empty, then you have an arrow present. Oh, okay. And so you and I share an arrow. And Ooh. I don't know that we would necessarily be really excited about having this arrow. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> but at least we can um, know that we're not experiencing it alone. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so That's this good is to the, know. <laughs> this is the arrow of frustration. Okay. Mm. <laughs> A person with this arrow experiences frustration from big things to little things. It's often their initial reaction to undesired results or experiences. They can become frustrated with themselves as well as the world around them. In personal relationships, it would be a very helpful thing to help this person come up with strategies to move through their frustration as quickly as possible because when frustration is ignored, it can snowball into resentment. Oh. And I don't want to speak for you, but honestly, that's like so me. <laughs> it does resonate with me as well, yes. <laughs> I was trying to think, okay, now that I know I have this arrow of frustration, which I probably could have known anyway, um, what are some strategies that help me move through that as quickly as possible? Do you have any suggestions or things that you have found to help you move beyond the frustration of roadblocks? That's a really amazing question just because I feel like I have been at a roadblock the past three days or so just mm. out of nowhere or I don't know if it's out of nowhere. So anyway for me when I know I'm getting frustrated with something I usually will acknowledge that it's there first just so I can name it and I can see it and I can say okay I see you I'm I can't deal with you right now and I usually remove myself out of the situation if possible and also like I said before any time where I can go out and get fresh air or be around nature to kind of just reconnect and like let go of whatever it is that's there and just reconnect to the nature around me and source energy, the better I feel. And I know for me also doing little things like a quiet meditation or self Reiki practice uh, that I need to start again. Uh, but anytime I do anything that's just for me in that moment, I notice it can really shift something really quickly uh, now, depending on what the frustration is, it could take a little bit longer time. But I know for me is when I kind of look within and say, okay, what is my need right now? And what do I really need? Is it me giving myself self-love? Is it me needing to cry? Is it me needing to just express an emotion that hasn't been expressed? Like whatever it is, I kind of just sit with that and allow it to process however it needs to process. So I hope that helps a little bit. I don't know if there's anything that you do or that helps you through the frustrations. Well, one thing is that what has come through several soul empowering hypnosis sessions has been sunshine, like mm. get sunshine, like the word sunshine just keeps coming through. And sometimes I've told practitioners before that yellow will just hijack the session like the color yellow and okay. so it doesn't matter if we're trying to bring in wisdom or other stuff the wisdom is the what's contained in that color and then other times i'll i'll hear or get the what's coming through is sunshine more sunshine and so sometimes 
lot of my frustration comes from editing the podcast, whether it's glitches with the software or whatever, and I'll just feel the frustration rising up and Ah. I'll be like, just acknowledging, like you said, for one, that the frustration is there and not ignoring it. And I'll be like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity to get that sunshine. I think it's a, it's a sign from the universe that I need to pause because me trying to push through this frustration without acknowledging it for what it is, it's not doing anybody any good. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And it'll just get worse. It yeah. just gets worse, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so the second arrow that you have in your blueprint is the arrow of planning. So that arrow is all about planning, analyzing, organizing, and paying attention to details. Mm. I don't have this arrow, but um, I'm kind of thinking, wishing I did. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems as though all this energy that you're bringing, it's very well balanced by the attention to detail because... I guess that's how maybe you manifest is because you don't have all of this energy just circling and not doing anything. You're able to get into the details and, and make it happen. So it continues. This person can be very logical or analytical. Sometimes this person can also live in their own mind and disengage from the world and people around them. Personal relationships, they may seem withdrawn or aloof. They will need their alone time and personal space. Partners need to not take it personally. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is a big one. Yes. Yeah. That's really interesting. I love knowing that I have these. And I know now that I need the planning arrow to kind of come into existence a little bit more as I feel like sometimes that will take me out of the game if I get too lost in the details. Mm -hmm. And then I just will be stopped with uh, like inaction almost. Like, oh, I have this wonderful idea that I've been looking at for five months and I just haven't started it. So, yeah. Thank you for allowing me to try out my little numerology muscles that... (laughs) Definitely. Thank you. That was so interesting. I love hearing all of that and knowing that I have those. Well, and and, then, hey, anytime you need help with frustration, I'm here. We have the same one. So we can help each other in that realm. <laughs> perfect. I'll probably take you up on that. <laughs> I'll probably call you up for a distance Reiki session. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> Another thing that I... I do is I enjoy interpreting people's dreams. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in preparation for this, I had asked you if you had a dream that you wanted to bring to the session today, this interview uh, to do that. Would you like to read your dream that you were bringing? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, it's really interesting because I haven't had very many dreams lately or dreams that I remembered, but this one happened a a few weeks ago and it was just so real that I kind of woke up and said, what was that about? Like I, anyway, so I'll just read the dream. 
So the dream was really intense because I usually don't dream. And if I do, I don't remember them. In the dream, I was in a room full of people and no one that I knew. But we were in my mom's current house that she lives in. And we were all there kind of in a circle. And then all of a sudden, I saw this huge fire coming straight toward the house. And so we all rushed to get away. And when we went to a new place where I didn't recognize, we had this feeling of calm come over the group. But then I noticed the fire was coming towards that place again. And so we had to flee to another location. And it kind of just kept repeating from there. And it was, you know, go to a different location. Okay, everything's fine. Now the fire is coming. We have to escape again. Uh, So that was the dream. And so I had told you that I loved that because for one thing, it's short and concise. When you work with symbols, if, if the dream's too long and meandering, there are so many symbols and things to go through that it kind of ceases to make sense as a, as one concept or one message. And so Mm -hmm. this was really short and it had a lot of emotion behind it, which means that often it's infused with a lot of energy and you do need to, to, to pay attention and look at it. So mm-hmm. I had um, asked you a few clarifying questions. Um, one, I had asked uh, the strangers that were gathered with you in your mom's house, do you have a sense as to why you were all gathered or if there was a common theme that tied them all together? And you said, I did not have a sense to why we were all gathered there and I could not tell why we were all there together and I couldn't tell if they were friends, family, or part of some other community. And by you saying your mom's current house, I take it that this is not the house you grew up in. Do you have any feelings about this house or the fact that your mom is living here? So this house actually that she lives in now, we moved into in 1989. So I did partially grow up in the house because I was around seven years old um, until about 19 or 20. Um, And I do have a lot of fond feelings of peace and togetherness at this house. But there also is a lot of sadness around it because my dad passed in the house in July of 2020. But the the house still has a peaceful and really nice energy inside the house. And I also said, I feel this is a lesser important question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you have any particular feelings toward fire such as... Have you ever been in a house fire or have phobias about it? And I've never been in a house fire, but living in California with all the wildfires is a little unnerving. And especially when there's smoke in the air and there's so much nature around that it, you know, once the flames hit something, it can kind of just spread really rapidly. So I don't have a phobia of fire, but just living in California with all the wildfires is a little unnerving at some times. You can, you respect its power. Like it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I had come up with and I don't think any of it was really eye opening, (laughs) but I said that the fact that this is a group of complete strangers 
tells me that this experience is not unique to you, but rather an experience faced by the collective. Mm -hmm. That you did grow up in this house signals to me that in later childhood or at the turning of age in a person's life is when this begins, one ages out of an idyllic, idyllic childhood. And this is when one can first feel that life is a series of disasters on repeat, like you said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One disaster averted, sigh of relief. Then another disaster flares up. Storm, calm, storm. We can think, wow, we got through that. I'm glad that's over. Now I can get on with my life like it's supposed to go. But after some breathing space, another crisis arises, derailing our plans and our peace. And what I suggested to you, because I knew you have the uh, soul empowering hypnosis as a tool in your toolkit, I said, if you have a chance to address this in a SEH session, some questions you could use when dialoguing with the fire might be, one, what message do you have for me? Two, how could I and thus the collective, because this isn't a specific, this isn't specific to you, mm -hmm. uh, best maintain the peace that I have during calm times, even when facing the fire's disappointment and derailment and destruction of my best laid plans. And then third, when I have to start over, because in your dream, you would have to go to a new place each time. Mm -hmm. What are things I should keep in mind and how can I best do that? I'm starting over. And like I told you, when I finished up this email, I'm really looking forward to hearing what comes through for you and, and for everyone at large, because I think we can all relate to the devastation and intensity of life's challenges. Yes, absolutely. Especially this last year and a half was one of the most... I mean, not just with COVID, I had so many things happen in the last year and a half that was life-changing and turned my world upside down. I'm so excited to be able to go into another spiritual hypnosis and ask those questions. We're all in this collective, you know, shutdown together with COVID and all of that. So I know that there's something going on in the collective that needs to be healed or we're in the process of that healing and it's just coming up. I thank you for sharing that dream. And like I said, it's, it's not rocket science and probably after the fact, everyone's like, oh yeah, I mean, of course that's what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just like how different therapy, different modes, whether it's dreams or a hypnosis session or relationships. Relationships can be great teachers too, in which we're taking in information. Yes. It, uh, they're all invitations for us to look at it and see what is the message behind the players that I can see, whether it's in this relationship or in this dream or in hypnosis, what's the underlying energy that's trying to present itself to me. I love how it comes in one way and we have another tool with which to explore it as well. Yes, as well. definitely. Yeah. Something I like about those sessions too is that it's just a reminder that we all have 
the answers within ourselves. Yes. And we just have to go to that space, to that quiet space, to that calming space. And when we are in that stillness is when everything comes to be. And we're able to answer questions that maybe we have been struggling with a long time, but anything really that we need to find out is within us, which is very powerful to to me and to know that and to share with other people. And I think when they actually see themselves get the answers, they get excited too. And they want to explore more and it's very empowering. It's very, yeah, empowering, I guess is the the right word. (laughs) Now we get to just dive into whatever it is that, that Daniel's excited about. One of the things that I often ask guests is what got you onto the path of spirituality and healing or to the place that you are now? For some people, it's always been there. And then for others, there's like a a coming to Jesus moment or a dark night of the soul. So what, what's Daniel's story? Yeah, so I think I always knew that I had some sort of special ability as a child just because I always noticed, especially in elementary school, I would notice the kids that were kind of in the corner and I wanted to be friends with everyone and I I would go to them and just offer my smile, my anything to them and just say, hey, let's be friends. And so I kind of was friends with everyone when I was a kid and I just wanted everyone to be connected. That was my thing. But really what got me into, I think the healing and spiritual realm was in about middle school, I remember having severe test anxiety. So basically what would happen is I would study really hard for something. And I noticed as soon as I got in to take the test, I would look down and I would forget everything. And so it was this, this weird disconnect between my brain or something. There was just something there that I just didn't know what was happening. And so one of my aunts actually is a mind-body coach, and she works in body movement and Reiki healings. She started to work with me as a child. So I experienced Reiki at a very young age, and I loved the energy. I loved feeling it. And I, I kind of got to this place where I knew it was living inside of me at some point. So basically i i didn't really know what to do with it as a kid especially you know i i just kind of liked to use my imagination talk to plants and create little adventures for myself and my friends and just run with it then went and uh studied radio and television and i worked in radio for about four years And I was in the promotions and marketing department. But in college, I actually had my own radio show, which was so fun. Okay, how did that not make its way into- I know. Okay, so yeah, I, so my friend Noelle in uh, college, we had a a radio show. And at first we were just going to play some rock music that wasn't usually played on the radio. It started with us just saying, 
hi, oh, oh my gosh, like, we don't want to talk on the radio, like, blah, blah. so we just kind of, like, did our own little thing and then played five songs in a row. But then there was one day that Noelle was late, and I was kind of running the show myself, and then, you know, when she sat down, I said, hey, Noelle, so tell me about your day, like, what's going on? And so we started to talk, and we became, like, this show of, now it's a talk station with like one or two songs played but we had the best time because we talked about everything we really wanted to like bring out the joy and fun in our lives and then have other people be a part of that so it was it was a really fun time so anyway I worked in radio and then there was one day that I was sitting in my office and I just said you know what am I doing with my life it was one of those things like, what am I really here to do? And it's not sending radio listeners a CD. Like, I don't want to do that the rest of my life. And my aunt, Joanna, who is the one that helped me as a child. And then I have another aunt, Karen, who does acupressure. And she does it for large animals and people. They both encouraged me to seek out doing massage because I had said I, ha I expressed interest in doing massage. And so after I went to massage school, they said, you know, you could make this a career in doing that. And I said, how do I make this a career? I, that is not going to happen. And 11 years later, that's all I've been doing is massage, Reiki. I now have new certifications that I've added just due to COVID when I couldn't do hands-on. That's where I got my hypnotherapy certification and some neuro-linguistic programming training um, so that I could be a coach and doing timeline therapy. So that's kind of the story of how I got it all started. <laughs> and so you've been on that path or the massage therapy for how long now? It's been, let's see, I think collectively it's been 12 years and I worked at a spa for 10. I started out working at a chiropractor the first year, but I got hired at the spa like halfway through the first year. So yeah, it's, it's about 12 years altogether. And yeah, I've been doing Reiki for about four years now. I find that that is such a beautiful practice because that's something that can be done hands-on and at a distance. And at first I said, how is that possible that this can work, you know, at a distance, but it's just one of those energies and something that I work with that is so powerful. And sometimes actually the healing, the distance sessions can be more healing at a distance than in person I've seen mm -hmm. in my own experience, which is, really incredible. I've had Reiki sessions both in person and virtual distance and both of them were great but just in different ways. The one that was distance it was simply like a phone call between us mm -hmm. to begin with and then we hung up and she had a Spotify playlist for me to listen to on my headphones while I laid down great. and yes. in that I found as opposed to being in person, I was able to self-advocate more, more easily because if I needed to go to the restroom, I didn't have to worry about throwing the practitioner off 
Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> their, whatever their routine was, um, I just got up and went and then came back, laid back down. Yeah. I was able to, you know, if I was cold, I didn't have to ask for a blanket or anything. I just covered up myself. And so they were both great and both have their they're positives, I think. So yes. Yeah. I love what you said about self-advocating because I do the same thing. I even have a playlist also that I offer people, but I say you can listen to actually whatever you want. I just ask that you be in this comfortable position. But yeah, if you do have to get up and use the restroom, do it. I just don't want you going and like working on something really, you know, I want this to be your space to allow the energy to flow however it needs to. So yeah, I like the whole self. One of the things I saw that you are certified in was a timeline. Can you tell me what that's about? Yes. So timeline therapy is one of the most powerful techniques that I love using when I have a client, just because it is a little bit like hypnotherapy, where all you have to do is if you can follow directions and if you can use your imagination, then it works 100% of the time. Something that is so amazing about the work also is that if you do have something traumatic that's happened to you, we never actually go into the content of what we are talking about. I simply have you just go to the event and you don't need to go into the actual event, but you're just getting the learnings that you need from that event. Something I do to start is what I call eliciting your timeline. And we all have ways that our body stores time. So for, for my past, for example, mine comes from over here and then my future is in front of me. But it, it's very different for every person. And it's really interesting to see how people collect their time. And then basically what we're able to do is go over to to events in your life and clear out any negative emotions or any limiting beliefs or limiting decisions that you've made in your life. Or it could be that it was in, like in a generation before you or a few before you or in a past life. Like we don't know. So we just ask your unconscious mind when we work together and we just clear all of those out. So basically it's really working with your unconscious mind because we all have this underlying negative stuff that has been running our lives. And so once all that is cleared out, we're able to actually create something new as well for you. And you also get these learnings so that you can use them in the future. So timeline therapy is one of my favorite things. And I'm actually working towards being in the master practitioner level. So I'll be going to Utah in July for an in-person training for three weeks. So that's really, really exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so intense. Um, But it is one of, I mean, I've seen massive shifts in my life just by doing the little work I've done on myself. And I've seen some people have some incredible breakthroughs. You're certified in as a neuro-linguistic programming, right? Yes. Yeah. Are, Are those two related 
do you use both modalities or are they similar but separate like cousins so yeah i do use both when i do coach someone i do use those techniques but timeline therapy is a branch of neuro-linguistic programming it was birthed by tad james who recently actually just passed away which is really sad he was such an amazing person so i'm learning all of this stuff Anyway, so yeah, he is the one that created the timeline therapy, but neurolinguistic programming has a lot of techniques in there that are very good at shifting our unconscious mind and our, if there's a behavior that we have that we don't like, or if we don't know why we do certain things, or why am I this way, or what why am I thinking these thoughts? Then it's kind of like we can go in and kind of clean up whatever needs to be cleaned up so that your consciousness can come back to, oh, okay, now I can like move on past this like roadblock in my life. So it's really interesting. Has anyone come to you, the timeline therapy with misophonia? Because that's something that I've experienced where I have hatred of certain sounds. Oh, okay. And, and sometimes it, it, when I'm frustrated, <laughs> short-tempered, it's even closer to the surface and it just takes me over the edge. <laughs> but I've always wondered why I'm so sensitive to certain sounds that just like are nails on the chalkboard. To oh, me. yes. So I've, felt really flawed in certain ways like what why why is this bothering me and it doesn't bother anybody else like it can get to the point where I double think or triple think going to the theater because I'm I'll hear people crunching on their popcorn or or things like that or maybe they're just maybe they have some type of nasal obstruction and they're just breathing heavily or noisily and so I just do not like that about my experience as April. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really interesting. I have not worked with anyone, but it would be really interesting to work with you to see what, that why that from. is or where that comes from <laughs> or like, how does it, how is it a problem in your life for you? Like, how, what does it affect around you and how does it affect you as the individual of April? Yeah, it know? taps into some deep wells of, of rage, honestly. Mm. And so, yeah, <laughs> I probably need a book a session, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, let's do it. I am so excited. It's one of my favorite things to work with. So. (laughs) Well, not having known exactly what the timeline therapy was, I had thought maybe I had done it without even realizing it. I had participated in a group hypnosis session before. Mm -hmm. And so the facilitator did all this stuff to take us to a previous lifetime middle age and and then at the end of the life and there were several difficult emotional situations that this person had experienced at the end the facilitator had said now all of these emotions she kind of said like let's rewrite the story Mm. and so I did in my head And I didn't find out until afterwards that she hadn't meant it like 
literally. <laughs> yes. And I guess no one else, she hadn't heard of anyone else doing that, but I had thought that that's what I was supposed to do. And so I, all the actors in the scene, I had them do it differently when I was experiencing the perspective of this little toddler or baby on the floor. And the grandpa, for instance, was very standoffish, did not want anything to do with me. I had it so that he was jostling me on his knee and like being ridiculously cooing, you know, over me. Right, yes. And so I just kind of carried that and rewrote the scene in each of those things. I don't know what, if anything, that actually changed in this current timeline, my experience as April, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of really amazing work out there. And I know timeline therapy is a very specific technique or I should say series of techniques because there's a lot of different things that we work on. And a lot of people compare it to past life regression or compare it to something else. But timeline therapy is a very specific set of techniques that bring you two specific events and then get the learnings and basically experience life in a different way and use the learnings that you get, which I love because then it's like, oh, I can use these now in the future instead of feeling this anger or, you know, whatever it is. So it's really, really fun. And I love working with it. It's one of my favorite things. So I would probably be interested in in doing one of those sessions with you too. I had approached a therapist who I knew did the EMDR therapy. Yes. And what ended up happening, that session, I would not consider it successful because I was revisiting a certain trauma point and that was uh, revisiting the moment that I learned that my ex-husband committed suicide. And so that was very, very traumatic for me. And, and so when we did the EMDR, I was expecting to be fixed and all that. And I, the therapist, he ended up saying that maybe he realized after the fact that we hadn't laid enough of the grounding techniques to Mm -hmm. keep me in this place of I guess, neutral, neutral feelings first to, to ground me in the present moment before visiting that. It wasn't successful, but I know a lot of people who have found a lot of healing and help with that therapy. So maybe that would be something else that's available if EM, EMDR didn't work or if perhaps you just feel called to the timeline therapy instead. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know a number of people that have done EMDR and it works perfectly for them and all of that. And I, I totally appreciate that, that work for this. I just love the fact that we don't need to go back into those traumatic experiences. I mean, myself, I have worked on certain things that are traumatic that have happened to me And I never, ever have to go back into that event and get in the feelings of them. And it's almost like it re-traumatizes me. And I don't find that helpful. So for me, with timeline therapy, as a recipient of getting it, uh, I 
I just love that I do not have to go inside the event. I am just going to the event, getting what I need to get and leaving. And I do not need to even like, so I, I, I kind of describe it as when I'm working with someone as, you know how there's like a bunch of file cabinets that you have and you can open the file box and see the, all the folders, right? And you can just see that they're there. So that's all we're doing. You can just look down and see, oh, there's folders. I'm not gonna have you say, okay, April, go in and get this folder and take it out. And I want you to read everything about it and tell me what's happening. No, it's just, we see that it's there. And I'm just gonna ask you a few questions while we're, he while we're here. And I do not need you to tell me anything about this event. That's this a perfect word picture for me because I, I have worked as a file clerk several times oh. in my in my working life. So yeah, yeah. it's just, I, I remember one of my colleagues saying that and I said, oh, that's a really good description because yeah, you can open it and see that it's there, but you don't have to go in and read everything about it. You can let just me, acknowledge it's there. Let me um, readdress something that I heard you say that of all of these events, you're able to pick out which one that if you address it, the other ones just kind of fall away and- Yeah, it's called, Tad James had said, it's called the gestalt. So when we find the root cause and we work with your unconscious mind so that we know that we're going to the, the first event, I view it as kind of like a string of pearls, right? So here's the root cause of what's happening on the, along the string. Sorry, I don't have a piece of paper here, but negative emotion or that negative belief will just disappear because we've gotten to the root cause and we're able to just allow everything else to fall in place or fall off of it so that you don't have that underlying. And when I say like getting rid of negative emotions, I'm not telling you that I'm taking away all the anger ever, like forever and ever, because we're all human beings. We're going to get upset at certain things that make us angry. We're going to be sad when something sad happens, but I'm talking about the, the like the crippling, the crippling under belly current of what is there. And it's out of our awareness. That's the really kind of frightening part about it is that it's so out of our awareness and we're just struggling without really knowing why. And then once we get rid of that, it's, it's very freeing and powerful to see what happens for people. So that's another reason I love working with these techniques and timeline therapy. Does the timeline therapy occur in just one session or is it like a series of sessions that you need to kind of do as, a, um, as one modality? Yeah, it's a series of, let's see, right now I'm doing it as a series of 12 to 15 hours, depending on the presenting problem that I'm working with. But then once this one is taken away off, the strength, the other pearls will just fall off. Mm -hmm. And all of that underlying, just because it's very thorough or I like to be very thorough. So I usually do it in about 15 hours and you break it up into sessions of like two to three hours each time we work together to put a schedule together. Because basically once we get rid of negative emotions and the limiting or negative decisions that we made, 
we then go into other techniques that I like to use within that intervention. And then I do hypnotherapy. I do a couple more things just to make sure everything is completely, totally taken care of. So it is a process. And I know that I've been through the process once myself. And it's just, I mean, the things that I got, the things that shifted in my life right after was just life-changing. And then in the master practitioner level, we're going to be learning new techniques and actually a shorter time in which to do the full intervention. So I'm really excited to be able to just add that to the toolbox. Mm. Yeah. It sounds so fascinating. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's one of the most powerful things I've seen. I've seen I, I, I want to say miracles. Like I, I have witnessed like physical, emotional pain go away, like disappear completely. And I'm just sitting there like, wait, really? That just happened in like this short amount of time? It's, it's just such, yeah, it's one of the most powerful I may need to just edit this part out because I'm just kind of going out on a limb here, but is there anything in the timeline therapy? Cause you were referring to space where some people like within yourself, you were talking about how the past is from the left, right? Mm -hmm. And then your future is in the front. Mm -hmm. Is there anything special about the space here in front of you? Like to the right side? Oh, um, Let's see. Actually, you know, now that you asked me that question, I do have in my left eye a stigmatism. So if I cover my, like if I cover my right eye right now and I'm looking at you, you're completely blurry. I cannot see your face at all. However, when I look at you, if I cover my left eye and just look at you here, you're like perfectly, like I can see every detail in the room. I can tell what's behind you. So I have like very good vision in my right eye, but my left eye is like not good. (laughs) So that's really interesting. I was just wondering because I guess I'm on a quest of finding out something. I I was having a conversation with Megan McHugh and she is one of the Soul Empowering Hypnosis alumni as well. Okay. One of the things that she had said in my private session with her is that (laughs) uh, she saw me going like this. Oh. With my right hand, like in a circle, uh, with the palm facing me in front of me on my right side here. Okay. And I was like, I do that sometimes. Oh, <laughs> And I okay. didn't know why the hell I was doing it. But yeah, <laughs> I was just going to like do this. That's when I do my, um, <laughs> oh my, God, my, my shower qigong or whatever. Yes, totally. <laughs> about it really but I'll just take poses that feel right or feel good to my body and that was one of the things that I had noticed myself doing and when I was in that session with her you know she said something like this I'm like I actually do that and she was like 
well, thank you, because she's like, it just came up to me, and I didn't <laughs> says, know what whether or not <laughs> to say it or not, because it just, it didn't make sense, really, to her. Wow. But I was like, I did that, I do that sometimes, so yeah. I want to know if there was any, if you had the answer through the timeline therapy, if that was some type of portal to healing. <laughs> yeah, I actually, that is very interesting. Well, I kind of am curious now, like, what does it bring up for you? Did you notice any time that you started to do it? It would have been this year. It was after that that I noticed myself doing this weird, <laughs> this weird yeah. uh, counterclockwise circle in front of my, my face. I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And it, it, does it bring up like any certain emotion when you do that? Or is it like, just something that you're calming yourself? I think it is calming, maybe. Maybe it's like clearing something out, perhaps? Yeah. I don't know. It, so It sounds like something else we could address. <laughs> absolutely. So I was going to say, I know for me, there's different positions or, you know, they offer different hand positions for self-Reiki practice. And one of them is to actually have your hands right in front of your face. But it's interesting that there's only one, and it's your right hand counterclockwise. So, okay, you know what yeah. just occurred to me is that when people are, if they listen to the episode where you're facilitating my hypnosis, we, mm -hmm. you know, we asked where in my body was the yes or no or the spirit and it ended up being my right hand remember that just occurred yes to me. oh my, my gosh that my soul or something was like in my right hand i can't remember exactly the wording we used but no once you said that i connected the dot okay yeah that it's still a mystery might... but it's a little yes that <laughs> might have something to do though with Yes, you are completely right. I now want to go back and listen to what I said or what came out during that time. But that is something very interesting because our body does. So working with the unconscious mind, I've learned so much, you know, about what the unconscious mind really is and does. And it's so fascinating. But yeah, our bodies can give us the signal of what is a yes, what is a no. I'm going to hold this piece of chocolate right here and see if my body, you know, see if my body is a yes for it or a no, or like whatever it is. We can always kind of, a yes, Daniel. It's always a yes. Yeah. Chocolate, I will say, has always been a yes. Thank God. I love it. But anyway, so our bodies are so powerful. And when we tap into to them communicating with us, then we're able to, I mean, it's a part of us, but we're actually able to take in all of that knowledge if we're just tapping into, okay, but it's really great that you're asking the question, like, what is this? Like, why am I doing this? So that's the first step right there. And then, you know, who knows, in like two months, maybe you'll say, oh my gosh, this is what it is. I just realized, you know. So that's exciting. I'm excited to hear what happens with it. Well, maybe with me putting this out into the world and all the people that we know in the, who work yes. in these different modalities, maybe they'll just keep it in the back of their mind. And when they come across the answer, they'll be able to share it with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But I will say, 
I think I'm kind of interested if you, I don't know, do you do any sort of meditation or anything? Well, one of the prior guests on the podcast had recommended the six phase meditation. Mm. It's about 20 minutes. And so I will do that some mornings where you practice gratitude, visualization, and that kind of thing. So, but no, other than that, I really don't practice. We have the hypnosis workshops, but I don't do a lot of meditation outside of that because going back to, I know Courtney who does the whole soul empowering hypnosis and she's facilitated over a thousand sessions when it feels right. And that's, and she can guide herself through self hypnosis. You would think Mm -hmm. someone like that wouldn't need to be paired up or find any value in being paired up with someone to facilitate her sessions. But she said it helps her focus. And I find that to be so gratifying in that someone as adept as her at hypnosis can still benefit from focused attention that's created by two people getting together and creating and carving out that space, that time. And so I do not find it very easy for me to stay focused whenever it's just me and- Got it. Yes. Yes. I don't do a lot of meditation. So short answer, no. (laughs) Okay. Well, I will just say if you ever are in a meditation or in your next spiritual hypnosis session, maybe that's a question you could ask. Yeah. I'm really interested now. Me too. Yeah, I am too. (laughs) (laughs) You have so many things in your tool belt and I like it because to me, I love newness. I love always being on the hunt for something new and interesting and exciting. And it just sounds like by constantly learning, you're, you're not allowing yourself to stagnate or get too bored with any one modality. Even though I know some modalities have enough excitement or interest in them to keep you from getting bored like the hypnosis sessions like no one session is going to be like the other one so absolutely yes a long time ago I said to myself if I could get paid to be a student I would totally do that but that's something that I love about body work is that I'm constant I'm never going to be a master at my craft. It's always constantly changing, learning. I learn something new about energy or the body or or something in each bodywork session that I do, which is so exciting. But then when COVID hit and I couldn't do hands-on anymore, it was like, what do I do now? And so I found the hypnotherapy certification and then that came with the neuro-linguistic programming and timeline therapy. So I just did that and was certified so that I could offer services online as well. And I know I'll be able to do massage all my life. I love it so much, but now I can offer something separate. But I also have this idea of, I really want to make it all come together because our mind, body, spirit, that's like everything that I'm doing is actually that. So it's you know, if I could have the person remember certain things and have it go into their body and then move it or, you know, have it massaged or have the energy moved around, then it just makes it so much more powerful. 
I keep waiting for something else to pop up that belonged in the I think I know you from somewhere segment. Oh. <laughs> no, no wonder you didn't like say all these things because it might have it might have seemed a little bit like <laughs> a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I was a gymnast for seven years, yeah. a radio personality <laughs> and Oh, uh, I also just love a lot of different things. So I like doing a lot of different things, I guess. So. Well, I like how, what you just said about constantly learning and being that forever student because it goes back to attitude. And as soon as someone thinks that they've learned all there is to know about something, it ceases yes. to be fun. It ceases to be interesting or challenging. Yes. And that's just not what life is. We're never going to have it all nice and pat down. Yeah. And I kind of get scared if someone's like, oh, I know everything there is to know about this. It's like, really? Because there's a lot of stuff that changes or there's new techniques or so I get a little bit kind of like, okay, maybe I don't want to work with this person. I kind of want to work with someone that is excited to learn or is knows a lot about it and is still in that phase of, yes, there's more, there's more out there to learn and have myself grow into the next and level of what this for is. for some people, they want to have that conception of control, that they know everything, because from a traditional perspective, the unknown is scary. But whenever you get into this space where the unknown is not scary, that mm -hmm. things are happening for you, then it becomes more of just allowing and being excited because it doesn't matter if you don't know everything, everything's going to change and you become more accepting of change because you're able to release control that we don't really have to begin with. Yes. One of the I have really, really enjoyed about this soul empowering hypnosis is that you find a community of people like yourself who are comfortable or getting comfortable with change because we know where to go to for anchoring. Yes. And you're comfortable growing and we get to grow together. And so I, that's what I find so fascinating about this. And I, I just enjoy connecting with people like you. Yes, I enjoy it so much too. I mean, yeah, and something about uncertainty that kind of I always kind of think about also and kind of just want to offer out, life itself is uncertain, right? So we never know what's going to happen day to day. So, you know, we really have to just be here in the moment and realize that we are all miracles. Like, do you know what it took for us to be on this planet together? And we are here in this shared experience and we should really embrace that. And anything, any dream that you have, anything that you want to do, just do it. I mean, there's no reason that you should not be doing it. And especially with COVID, it was like, that was such an uncertain thing. Like, what is this? What is happening? And so I am just so lucky to have the people that I have around me in my life that I didn't go into freak out mode. I just said, okay, I need to figure out what to do next. And the next thing for me is this, I'm doing this 
and it was incredible. And that's where I met Peg. That's where I was able to hear about Courtney. And then I joined the SEH community and I am beyond grateful that I did that because then I met you too. And I, I love every single person in there. Like they're my family, you know, it really does feel like that family. You're doing the men's workshop, right? For the past probably four or five years, I have been thinking about starting a men's group uh, just because I wanted a space where men could come together and, uh, you know, talk about issues or whatever it was. And I actually, one of my other friends, Thomas, actually wanted to do it as well. So we were going to work together to do a men's group. But then, you know, our schedules kind of got, you know, in the way and I didn't really put any time and energy into it. But then after, after the four years that we had with that president and then after COVID of like being really like isolated and shut down, I found that a lot of my bodywork clients were talking to me about loneliness, talking to me about not being able to communicate, not being able to express themselves. And so I really started seeing a trend with my clients. And so I kind of put together a survey just to ask like, hey, any men in my life, or can you share this with any men in your life? And I want to ask some specific questions. I got some really great feedback and I want to put together this program for connecting men back to themselves and self-love and uh, reconnecting themselves and do it in a way that's healing. So in a healing atmosphere. And so basically I would create that space for everyone. And then I would take them through different techniques or we could share as a group coming together hey, what are we struggling with or what's happening in our lives right now? I'm actually going to be offering a free intro for the group or anyone who wants to come in and just listen. But I'm going to kind of go through the eight-week program of uh, self-love and self-connection. And then when they sign up, I'm going to offer an eight-week program on that. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I just it's just something that I've been kind of having in my brain and then as an idea and then but now it's like okay well now I really want to do it because it's I feel like it's so important right now especially as the world starts opening back up and it's like I want them to be able to first of all just be in a place where they can have the love for themselves so that it spreads out to their friends their family and any community that's important to them. And when does that workshop start? I do not have a date oh, yet. Okay. I thought um, I had seen a May date. But oh I... yes. Oh, so so that was that was my original plan was to do a huge transformational thing, and the feedback that I got on because I shared the outline with a few friends, and one of my friends said, "This is amazing, but impossible." And I said, "What do you mean?" And they said, "Well." everything you're trying to do in eight weeks, there's going to be things that come up in this week that's probably going to go into the next week. Mm. So they said, why don't you just take one thing and make it its own eight-week 
program. And so I looked at all my eight weeks and I said, okay, well, the, the number one thing that's important right now is for men to be connecting back to themselves and being able to share their light in the world. So I took that and made that into its own program. So I'm outlining it right now. So I don't have the dates, but the intro is going to be a free like two hour video session on Zoom just so I can, you know, say this. And then I'm going to have a Q&A at the end. So if there's any questions that they want to ask, then I'll be available to do that. So I'm all for men embracing their divine masculine. So they don't need to apologize for being men. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I just, you know, there's so many amazing opportunities for women to come into a space and be together. However, I know, I know personally, a lot of men don't, are afraid of that with other men or view it as something that's not right or that it's, that's weird. And I kind of want to break down that wall and say, no, like this is actually what this is. And this has nothing to do with anything except for bringing that connection to source back Mm -hmm. to you so that you can live powerfully in the world too. So. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel, for, for doing that in addition to all of your other offerings. So I'm excited to see where that, where that takes you. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, Daniel, how can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox? Oh, so I am on Facebook under Daniel Spain Bodywork and Personal Transformation Coach. I also am on Instagram under that same handle. I also have a website, danthehealer.com, and... I'm happy to receive an email from you or even a text is completely okay with me. So feel free to contact me in any of those places. Okay. And those contact links will be in this episode's show notes to make it easier for people, even easier, just click and and connect. Well, I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke's story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Mm -hmm. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go research and also learn from? I think for me, the first one that came into my mind was Mr. Rogers. And (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Rogers is someone that I strive to be in my everyday life and he was just someone so ahead of his time but also so authentic and genuine about kindness about love about creating a community around you and connecting with the community so that for me he has been one of my greatest teachers I will say um and then I'd have to say my aunt Joanna uh Shaw and my Aunt Karen, Karen Shaw, um, both have been such, I mean, I wouldn't be the healer that I am today without their telling me and seeing the passion that I have with what I do. 
and so for me, those two also are, are two very influential things. And then also I couldn't really think of like a, a definite third just because I'm so inspired by music and inspired by so many artists in the world that it was hard for me to really lock down a third person. But if I had to say someone that has gotten me through a lot of really emotional times in my life, I would have to say Rufus Wainwright. He's a member of the LGBTQ community and he is an amazing songwriter. He's probably one of the greatest songwriters we've ever had. And his music has just like transported me and helped me through so many times in my life, good times and bad times. So maybe I would have to say him as well. Well, Daniel, I want to thank you so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. And I would love for us to connect again in the future. Much love to you. I had you. a great time. Thank you so much for playing with me in the sand. I had an amazing time. And yes, we will see each other really soon. 